Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. These are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. These are all companies that I used as an athletic director. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper, the official social media graphic solution for the podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how you can start creating world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. You're all going to, you're also going to see the testimonials from hundreds of satisfied athletic directors and coach customers that use Gipper to promote their teams and promote their athletes. Mention this podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. Make sure you check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. Hometown is digital ticketing that offers more, more support, more security, more customization. Hometown is here to help you make the best solution. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their score boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD. Go to sidelineinteractive.com to find out more information. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to showcase your school record boards, your school's Hall of Fame, or simply share your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention this podcast. You'll get a nice discount. vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com, change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used huddle. As an athletic director, we were a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided. Go to huddle.com, see why we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. Also want to say thanks to Home Campus. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, communication with parents, and a whole lot more. Go to homecampus.com to get started. That's it. Just go to homecampus.com. We also want to thank Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraiser, stop right here. Snap raises hands down the best one available. But there's a lot more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You can find them all at snapraise.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out on a piece of valuable data. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to show you how they can set up a custom survey. It's going to connect you with your parents and your student athletes. Uh, go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, we've got a uh, podcast within a podcast today. Our guest is Brian Mielli. He is the host of his very own popular podcast, the Injured List Podcast. Uh, we're recording this on September 19th, so it's going to be very timely when you listen to it. And we're coming off a weekend of just some horrific you know, NFL injuries, so I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit. But Brian, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Jake, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Well, you were recommended to me by a mutual friend, uh, and I agreed with him. Uh, I think you're going to be a great guest for our listeners. Um, 
let's go and get started. Uh, on our podcast, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us up through your own high school and college years, and then we'll take a break uh, and hear more about your uh, early career. But what's uh, your origin story? Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Long Island, New York, uh, where I'm originally from. And, uh, you know, typical middle-class Italian household. Um, played a lot of sports growing up. I was one of three children. And um, just like the traditional American-Italian family, you know, my grandparents were downstairs. We were in a smaller apartment upstairs. So nothing lavish by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, uh, you know, really helped me um, grow a deep um, love for my family and responsibility and stuff to help them. And um, I had a father who was very active in um, the volunteer fire department growing up. So I was always around kind of the service kind of fields and whatnot. But my interest always lied in, in sports and in athletics. And that's something that I really saw myself doing in some capacity as I got older. And, you know, I, I, I learned pretty quick um, growing up that I'm not going to be, you know, six foot five. Um, I'm not going to be the fastest or strongest guy out there on the athletic field. And uh, so I came to the realization pretty quick that I'm going to have to figure out another way to incorporate that into my life because the playing days are going to be uh, limited. And so one thing that I, I learned about through my father's exposure to us, to the fire department was um, the healthcare side of things, you know, emergency response and stuff like that. And so I, I fell in love um, at a very early age with athletic training, um, sports injury management. And we didn't, as far as I can recall, I don't think we had anybody at my high school where I went to school. Um, and I played sports year round. So I could never tell you who that person was or whether they were there or not, but I never saw them. And so I can recall, you know, having a couple of little injuries here and there, never have anywhere to turn to or anyone to go to, to for advice or help. And so I, I made it a mission of mine to delve into that field a little more. And so I ended up starting my secondary education at a small school in Vermont where I learned a little bit more about the profession. I ended up blowing my knee out um, on Smuggler's Notch, which if you're from the Northeast, uh, you've probably been to or heard of. And uh, while I was there, I did some rehab with the athletic training staff at the small college I started my career at. And from there, I grew an even deeper passion for the profession and ended up taking my my schooling, my education over back to New York and upstate uh, just outside Rochester, where I did my undergrad at SUNY Brockport, which is small, smaller Division III um, university uh, just outside Rochester, New York, kind of between Rochester and Buffalo. And uh, ironically enough, being on your podcast, I actually studied health sciences, liberal arts, but I had a tract in athletic training and sport management. So I thought at one time that I might want to be an athletic director. And I thought maybe I would get into that world. And um, I did get that degree as well. I was one of one of the only students that my program directors could recall that actually did both tracks, um, athletic training and sport management, which a lot of times there was a little bit of conflict because things kind of overlapped, but I was able to pull it out. I did an extra year and was able to get both uh, certifications, but ended up going the athletic training route. And um, from there, I, I got an assistantship uh, at Temple University down in Philly, where I, I worked with a bunch of high school athletics in South Jersey as an athletic trainer. And I, I had known about the physician assistant profession for many years, uh, just never really knew enough about it to get involved with it or look into going back to school for it. And so when I Finished my graduate training. I, I worked back on Long Island in a small Division II athletic school um, and where I worked side by side with a PA who basically ran our orthopedic surgeon's office where I worked part time as well, helping with rehab programs and stuff. And so that's how I got introduced to the world of PA on a more um, intimate level. And I ended up deciding to go back to school uh, for the PA profession. And I did that. Uh, in New York City at Cornell University's uh, PA program, which is based out of New York Presbyterian Hospital in Manhattan. And that was a two-year program. And since then, I've been working as a certified physician assistant in orthopedic surgery, um, first in a hospital in Queens, New York, which was part of the New York Presbyterian system. And then for the last six years, I've been down here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live now with my wife and two children. And I'm 
still involved in athletics um, with the foot and ankle surgeon, but we see a little bit of everything. I, I have my own patients. I see them um, three times a week in the office. We do two days of surgery. So uh, I've always been around sports. Um, I'm still very involved in it, not as a player <laughs> per se. Uh, age kind of crept up on me, but uh, as a more as a, uh, a fan and um, as a as a healthcare provider. So. Um, you know, my, my love for sport still is pretty intense. Um, I, I do a lot of stuff now with the podcast in the world of fantasy sports, um, fantasy sports injury updates, primarily with football, especially now with the football season, as you mentioned earlier, going on. So I, I work with a group of podcasters um, through the Fantasy Sports Corporation, which you can find on YouTube. And I'm their kind of injury expert guy, the one they bring on to, to do all the injury talks and give the updates prior to the weekend's games and to help people figure out their fantasy rosters and stuff. So, so that's what I've been doing. I've also got a consulting business on the side that I recently started where I'm a, basically an injury concierge person who's available for hire. If you're an athlete or somebody who's looking for some uh, help trying to navigate the healthcare system with a sports injury. So I've got a bunch of things going on and raising two kids with my wife. So it's been it's been pretty busy time time in my life, but it's, I wouldn't trade it for anything. No, very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. We're going to take a deeper dive into a couple of those topics, but I want to go back to you know, your undergrad program where you were uh, involved with the athletic training program and the sport management. You know, I'm much older than you. And back in my day, you know, there, there were schools and my school is one of them that had an athletic training program, but there was no such thing as, you know, um, sports administration, sport management. And, and at an undergraduate level, I don't even know if there should be an athletic director track, but um, in your experience, what were some of the courses that you took? And maybe it was training, maybe it was in sports management, that now looking back as a PA, you know, as a consultant, um, at the time you didn't realize, hey, this is some important stuff. But now looking back, you go, hey, that was pretty foundational. Any moments or any courses stick out for you? Yeah, actually they do. Um, you know, for the athletic training stuff, the healthcare stuff, I mean, that's that's been around forever. You know, that's a foundational courses that everyone needs to take. There's just no way around that learning anatomy and all that stuff. I mean, you, you can't get through the healthcare profession without that kind of core programming. But the, the classes that actually stick out to me and the ones that I found a lot of, a lot of fun were the sport management classes. And a lot of those uh, centered around sports marketing, um, sports business, uh, business classes that kind of weaved the world of sports into them. <clears throat> and I specifically remember um, one of the marketing classes I took, and we had to develop uh, a marketing plan uh, to help build funds or you know grow funds for the athletic department, kind of like a mock thing, if you will. And this is you know early two thousands. I came up with an idea: hey, let's do custom labels on these water bottles and sell them out of the vending machines. And I swear to I swear to you, I probably wasn't the first one to come up with this idea, but. Well, you know, like a few years later, that's what they were doing in our athletic department. I think they stole my idea, but um, that was one class that really stuck out to me. Um, I had some really good instructors who were really experienced in that world and brought with them some great expertise um, who were very much like mentors to a lot of us in the program. So they were really easy to talk to. Their office doors were always open. And so they made the experience um, really um, uh, great. And working in that tract, I was able to do a lot of the clinical stuff with our athletic department, who I knew a lot of people in because I, of my athletic training experience and my athletic training program. So they they would see me all over the place all the time uh, and like, wait a minute, what are you doing here working the sidelines or helping with the scorekeeping and all this and stuff? And I'm like, well, I'm doing both tracks, so I have to get my hours in. So, But I think the sports marketing stuff for me was probably the most uh, memorable classes that I took, especially when you're looking at the sports management uh, tract. Oh yeah. I, I would agree a hundred percent that, you know, those types of courses, those types of experiences are tremendously valuable uh, for a future, you know, athletic director, because you're going to be dealing with a, a lot more than just scheduling games and buses and working with coaches. So uh, appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Brian Maielli. 
He is a, a PA. He's an athletic trainer. He's the host of a very popular podcast. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper for their support. Gipper is the official social media graphics solution for our podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to start creating world-class content for your school's social media channels. Some folks would even call it a game changer. Go to Gipper.com. And you're going to see hundreds of testimonials from high school and college athletic directors that use Gipper to promote their teams, promote their athletes, and create their school's narrative on social media. Go to Gipper.com and mention this podcast. You'll get a nice discount. Start creating world-class content on your school's social media channel. Use Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team is going to show you how to set up and start selling your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but for things like school plays and concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every step of the way, your school is going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. It's digital ticketing that offers you more. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Brian Maelli. He is a, a physician assistant. He's an athletic trainer. He's a podcast host. And uh, we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into some of the things he talked about. Brian, you mentioned that in your area um, you serve, um, you know, the community, you know, athletic directors, coaches, parents, um, in finding, let's say medical evaluation, medical care. Can you take a little deeper dive in that? Tell us how that works. Sure. Well, well, this is, you know, separate from my full-time job, obviously, where I do still practice as a PA in a busy orthopedic practice, but I, I also offer my services, um, as a concierge provider. So, you know, we, we've got a lot of athletes these days, especially student athletes who are playing and participating in sports at a very elite level. And oftentimes they're getting pulled in different directions from different groups of people who are wanting them to succeed for various reasons, maybe sometimes for their own sake um, and not necessarily putting the interests of the athlete first and doing what's in their best interest to help them succeed further down in the career. And this is never more true than when it comes to an injury. And so, you know, I put myself out there um, and made my services available to those athletes who are maybe looking to advance their career, but are facing some sort of sports injury hurdle, whether it be they're currently dealing with an acute injury where they're not sure what to do, where to go, who to reach out to, or maybe they're getting some advice and they're not sure how to take it all in and if they're getting the right advice about where to go or who to see. And so, you know, coaches, uh, agents, athletes themselves, parents are able to reach out to me to basically get the ball rolling on getting them treated, getting them diagnosed, finding the right provider for them getting the right treatment that they need and then getting them on the road to recovery so they can get back to that elite level that they attain to be. So it's basically like me kind of stepping out of the umbrella of the corporate healthcare world as a PA and actually serving the athletes directly and their team directly by, by basically being an independent kind of go-to resource for them um, to help them navigate an injury and manage it. So um, yeah, that's something I started fairly uh, recently, and um, it's been going well so far. Uh, I've gotten a lot of interest um, throughout the spectrum of athletes, ranging from high school all the way up to pro to semi-pro. And, um, you know, I hope to grow it uh, as time goes on. Very interesting. Has um, Have you or have, um, you know, any of the, the doctors, the orthopedic surgeons maybe that you mentioned uh, that you work with, have you explored uh, or do you already have relationships with uh, schools or, uh, or or counties to help in this area? Or is this just something you're doing on your own? 
so this particular venture is something I'm doing on my own, but um, through the hospital system and uh, um, organization I work with, they have some relationships as well. Um, but we're not really directly involved. That's kind of more on the corporate level. And um, so, you know, when I was in New York and I practiced, we definitely had more of an intimate relationship with some of the local universities and athletic teams. Um, I was very active back then in working with them. We worked, we used to work when I was in New York with St. John's University Athletics very closely. We also were the team providers and team orthopedics uh, consultants for the New York uh, Cosmos, who were the rebooted soccer team um, that they formed several years ago. It's it's now since um, gone under. But, um, you know, we had more kind of direct dealings with those organizations back then. So, uh, down here in North Carolina, where I am now, it's not quite like that. There's a very smaller kind of subset of um, professional and elite teams down here that work with a very specific group that's not affiliated with the organization I'm with. So what I'm doing on this front is is really more of a personal venture. Okay. No, that and that makes perfect sense. Um, let's go on and talk about that. Um, you know, share if you can. Um, you know, and again, obviously you're not going to give out names or schools right. or that sort of thing, but um, what are some of the things that you have found yourself, you know, being called about and, and working with uh, on an individual concierge basis? Yeah. So uh, an example from just not that long ago, um, uh, individual that I, I knew very closely, who was a good friend of mine, had, had a friend of theirs uh, who had a pretty bad hand injury. Uh, that needed immediate attention. They had sought out um, help from um, a local urgent care and um, weren't quite sure they were getting the right information and the right kind of um, education about what to do and where to go. And so um, they had some things that were coming up uh, in their life very quickly that they needed to basically be ready for and um, wanted to get this injury addressed appropriately and efficiently. And so they reached out to me to for help. And um, within 48 hours, we were able to get them into the right person and get them actually uh, the right treatment that they needed to start them on their recovery process. Had they not reached out to me, um, they were actually probably not going to follow up with the provider for maybe another two weeks or so at, at the earliest. And they had no direct knowledge of the provider they were going to see and what the treatment was going to be. Um, but after this discussing what the injury was with me at the initial consultation, I was able to basically kind of outline the next few steps of what to was what to expect and what was going to happen and what the diagnosis was and basically let them know, hey, listen, this is how it's going to go. It's going to go one of two ways. And don't be surprised or um, discouraged if they say or recommend this. And if you're not happy with what they tell you or how the experience is, I'll work on the meantime on the back end of getting you set up with a secondary provider and a second opinion. So it it allowed them to focus on themselves and getting themselves in a right frame of mind, both mentally and physically, so that they could heal and begin that process without having to worry about the stresses that come along with it. I handled all that for them. So um, that was like a most recent example, but you know, it, run, it runs the gamut of all types of sports injuries and stuff. Um, throughout my career, I've done just about everything in the world of orthopedics. So whether it be a traumatic related injury, not even related to sport, um, or just your common injury that occurs uh, outside of sport or, or any sport injury, um, I, I can basically guide anybody through that. So, um, but yeah, that was probably the most recent example. And that's pretty much how it kind of goes. That's how it kind of how it plays out usually. No, I uh, I really like uh, you know the possibilities that uh, uh, that exist within that framework. Um, let's go and take another break. But when we come back, I want to shift gears, maybe talk a little bit about uh, you know your podcasting and uh, and and that end of it because I find that very very intriguing. Once again, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Brian Maelli. He is a physician assistant. He's an athletic trainer. He's a podcaster. We're going to hear more about that after our break. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Scoreboards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their scoreboards in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com to see more. That's sidelineinteractive.com. 
We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com, and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. They're great ways to display your school record boards for all the teams, for all the events, or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell your school's story, your diverse history, and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com, mention this podcast, and you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Brian, one of the things that really intrigued me uh, about having you on the show was um, your your fellow podcaster, uh, and you do a lot with, with football, of course. Uh, share with our listeners how that got started, and then maybe we'll take a little deeper dive into some of the information you provide. Yeah, so it's 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 hard to believe, but it's been about three years now, I, I think, since I started it, um, nearing nearing four, three and a half, four years almost. Um, and initially, you know, I was asked to be on a friend of mine's his his show, uh, where he did a live uh, sports talk show, and knowing that I did what I did. He asked me to come on to talk about some of the injuries that were occurring in football at the time. And so, you know, one thing led to another, I ended up being a, a weekly guest, if you will. And so um, I started thinking, I'm like, well, maybe I can just do my own thing. I'm like, this is kind of fun. It's kind of cool to talk about some stories and share this information and, um, you know, interweave the stories of athletics into it. So I started my own and um, I've been doing it my, on my own ever since. And the football focus is really what I do as a guest on other shows, but my my own podcast called the Injured List Podcast, which you can find on all of the major podcast platforms, by the way, is um, episodic. I, I try to do at least an episode a month. Sometimes I'll do two, depending on how busy I am with my other guest appearances, um, especially during football season. It gets a little bit crazy, but uh, I usually... it's more like an interview style. Uh, sometimes I'll do like a little documentary style where I go into the history of an injury or a particular event or something like that and always kind of tie it back into the sports medicine world. <clears throat> For example, a few years ago, I did one on the NFL Combine, which basically talks about the history of the Combine, how it got started, what the original purpose was, which was actually medical. Um, it wasn't at all to look at athletes do skills and try to assess their readiness for the NFL was actually more developed as a way to screen them medically and make sure they're healthy to, um, to go into the draft. Um, and a lot of people don't really realize that because you don't hear about that much on TV. So that that's one example of the documentary style kind of thing. I, uh, episodes I do. And then with regards to the interview style, I have a range of either former current athletes, um, future athletes, and also people within and around the sports medicine world um, come on and basically share their story. And most of them, if not all of them, have some personal experience in dealing with uh, an injury that's related to athletics. And uh, we try to go into the the details of that, um, how they were able to get through that, um, to share their experiences in dealing with the injury and the healthcare team that helped them, and how they were able to use that um, moving forward, not only in their athletic career, but their personal life as well, where um, some of them used it as a, as a way to kind of figure out what they were going to do after the sport was over. Um, some of them used it to develop characteristics that then helped them later on in life as they went into business ventures and various other things throughout their lives. So I really try to kind of tie it all together from a, a as a personal story uh, for each guest, but also um, as a way to kind of for them to share their experiences and share their current projects that they're working on and whatnot. And um, I've had um, people that have had minor stuff, you know, from chronic ankle sprains um, all the way to a, a former professional rugby player who actually um, had an episode of cardiac arrest and had to be rescued and saved um, um, after uh, a near-death experience. Um, so it's it, again, runs a wide spectrum of uh, things. Um, but the the guests have been wonderful. Uh, most of them, um, not all of them, but most of them, I I actually have some type of personal relationship with. Um, some of them have been colleagues or former colleagues or current colleagues. So it, uh, it's a very la relaxed, uh, laid back kind of conversation, much like we're having here. Um, very informal, not scripted, and uh, kind of off the cuff. But um, 
you know, we always try to kind of focus on them and their story and and where they're going or what they've got going on now. So it's um it's been a lot of fun, met a lot of great people, had a lot of great guests on. Hopefully we'll have more. And um still doing my my appearances on other shows as well throughout the, that process and that time. Oh, well, I mean, it sounds really cool. Uh, here's my audition for your <laughs> podcast. Uh, I, I, I tell the story that injuries and a lack of talent uh, kept me out of the NFL. Uh, but uh, I, I've had ACLs on both legs. Uh, you know, what used to be my good leg, I just had one on my original ACL. I think I've had at least eight, maybe nine or 10, you know, minor scopes and things like that, cleaning it up over the years. Uh, but, uh, does that, does that qualify me? Am I, am I good yes. enough for the injured list? Perfect. Podcast? Actually, yes, you're, you're fit. You fit the mold perfectly. In fact, you know, I fit the mold perfectly. So I, I've been a patient too. Uh, I've, I've, I've been on all sides of the, the, the coin and, um, Jake, you, you fit the bill perfectly. <laughs> all right. I'll be waiting for my, uh, my invitation. Um, got a question for you. Um, the guests that you've had on, you mentioned they cover all walks of life, different backgrounds. What has been your experience with the guests as to their, uh, let's say, insurance coverage, their health care coverage? You know, uh, so many times I, I played 100 years ago, I, I played some, they called it minor league football. It was very minor. Uh, but, you know, the, the players out there, and I was a teacher, I was a coach, so I had insurance, I had a health plan. But I would say 75% of the guys out there had no health coverage of any kind. So, you know, they, you know, break a, a a finger or an arm or blow out a knee, you know, they've got nothing, you know, what has yeah. been your experience with your guests? And I know this is, you know, we're fast forwarding about 40 years. Um, what's been your experience with their uh, ability to, um, you know, cover the insurance or cover the, the hospitalization and, and the physical therapy post-surgery? Yeah, uh, for the most part, most of them have not had an issue. Um, especially the higher the level, uh, the 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 less of a problem that becomes. When you start looking at some of the guests I've had on who have been more at the amateur level, or kind of in between that amateur and elite level, where they're maybe um, in the minor leagues of a particular sport, or maybe even training for the Olympics for that matter, a lot of things become very gray with healthcare insurance. Um, a lot of times it's out-of-pocket expenses. Sometimes, if depending on their age, they're having to rely on their parents' uh, plans and still being covered. So it it, it varies dramatically, and it's really situational-based. Um, I've been fortunate, my guests have been fortunate enough, I should say, that they haven't really run into that problem, although I can speak to at least one guest who later on in life um, you know, ventured out into the entrepreneurial world and um, using all of her experience uh, as an athlete was able to and that athlete mindset and those characteristics that they developed became very successful in business, but was an entrepreneur and then found herself, you know, having to pay a lot of out-of-pocket expenses to deal with some of those old athletic injuries that she had way back when, where at the time it wasn't an issue because she was covered. And so, you know, that sometimes becomes a problem for athletes, not during their career per se, but further down their career in the future when they're now not covered by that team athletic policy or that school, that collegiate athletic insurance backup policy or their parents' plan. So it, it's certainly something that they should be aware of and they need to think about, you know, whatever line of work they get into, whatever professional um, endeavors they seek, they need to be aware that they're not going to be in the same situation that they were when they were that athlete who's actively participating in, one of the probably the better examples would be the Olympic athletes. You know, they they regularly have the resources available to them at their disposal. These high class, super high tech training facilities that are kind of spread out throughout the country that they can often go to and do a lot of their rehab work in preparation for getting back on their particular athletic event. But once you are not no longer in that world, those resources become stripped from you. And so now you're kind of back out there in the general population trying to find your way and and get yourself healthy and take care of yourself. So for a lot of them, it can be very traumatic. Um, they don't know where to go or who to see or what to do. 
Um, oftentimes they're trying to follow up with providers and people that they used to deal with, but it's not as easy anymore because their insurance has changed or maybe they don't have any. So it's a, it's a real issue. Um, I'm not sure if there's any in, uh, changes in sight that can help them. Um, but you know, when you start getting into the amateur ranks, like the semi-pro or, or minor league levels, things, I mean, things become dramatically different from the elite professional level. And that's really hard to put into words. You kind of have to live through it to understand it. But um, I will tell you from per personal experience and, and dealing with a lot of these players and knowing them personally, um, unless you're like a really high level skilled, you know, prospect in certain sports, um, you might get just pushed to the back of the office, back of the training room. Hey, listen, oh, oh you're injured today. All right, we'll go do your treatment. We'll find the next guy to kind of step up in your place. And so, um, a lot of times these guys are playing through injuries. They're not getting the treatments that they need. And it's all just to keep their career um, alive and try to get to that next level. And so, it, it, you know, insurance definitely plays into that um, at some point. Um, the question is whether or not, you know, it gets to, it gets to that level. So, yeah, it's a big it's a big issue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and again, we could go off in a number of different yeah. directions. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a break, uh, but very interesting stuff. I'm so glad you shared it. Um, once again, for our listeners, our guest today is Brian Miley. He is a physician's assistant. He's an athletic trainer. Uh, he's an injury expert, I dare say. And he also is uh, a host uh, of his own very successful podcast. Let's go and take that break, but we're coming back with more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids up to their highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to our friends at Home Campus. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, coach tracking, and a whole lot more. To find out how you can be a part of the Home Campus team, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. And we want to say thanks to our friends at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's the website, Snapraise. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising platform, stop right here. Snapraise is hands down the best fundraiser out there. But there's a whole lot more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You can find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Brian, you and I were talking during the break, and you brought up, I think, a very important point that I'd love you to go into deeper, how... Uh, sometimes, um, you know, fans and, and you and I were both fans, but sometimes the fans, particularly when they get on social media, uh, overreact um, to things that come out in the media, legit and, and let's say not legit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it's a tricky uh, situation, tricky subject to kind of handle. But uh, the one thing I'll say is don't believe everything you read in print. Um, number one, and whether that be digital print or actually real print, like we used to see back in the day, uh, you know, you're, you got to remember your sources. You got to remember where they're coming from, what what the angle is. Um, one of the biggest questions I get all the time on the podcast is how do you know this or how do you know that or how do you figure this out or how do you know, you know, what when they're coming back? Is that injury real? How long are they going to be out? And it, it, there's a lot of nuance to it. You know, I am fortunate enough that I've been in the locker room, I've been on the sideline, I've been in the training room, I've been in the surgery suite, I've been in the doctor's office. I know a lot of the things to look out for or listen for. And so don't get pulled into that vortex. <laughs> uh, we talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit uh, earlier off camera. And, you know, like everyone's probably going to start asking everybody when they go see their doctor, hey, how do I get that Achilles surgery to be back on the field in four months? 
Well, that Achilles surgery doesn't exist. So don't believe all the hype around stuff like that. Make sure you talk to your providers, get information, educate yourself, get good sources, and um, don't believe a lot of what you read um, just on face value. Now, for me, and again, uh, you're a professional. I am I am just a, a, a coach and a fan, former coach, we'll put it that way. My experience, uh, not personal, but as a coach and, and over the years, uh, an Achilles, you know, tear, or whatever you want to call it, that's like a year to come back from. Uh, are you familiar with any, you know, a legitimate Achilles tendon tear that they came back, you know, much sooner than that. I mean, it has been done. I'm not, I will never say it never can be done. Um, but it's very, very rare. In fact, um, there was another football player and off the top of my head, I can't even remember who it was. It might, maybe it was Cam Akers. I, I could be mistaken. Um, came back very quickly um, within five months, I believe. And I, I, I forget if that's the actual player, but the, you don't know the whole situation. The tear might have been a different tear. The repair could have been different. Right. Um, that you know is very variable. Um, for whatever reason, he just got lucky physiologically. Maybe he's a fast healer, uh, and his surgeon felt confident clearing him at five months. Not every I can tell you, not every surgeon will do that. Um, not much has changed as far as the technique goes to repair these things. The things that have changed are some of the technology with the suture material we use and some of the anchors that sometimes we use to repair them. But all that really does is somewhat slightly speed up the recovery as far as it allows them to start doing things faster, but it doesn't speed up the healing process. You can't change that physiology. Right. So you can provide a great environment for it, but you're not going to make it faster. All right. Let, let's talk about another common injury, uh, far less serious um, than a, than Achilles. You know, Saquon Barkley, you know, uh, they're saying he suffered a high ankle sprain. When did the high ankle sprain become a thing? You know, you used to roll your ankle, you used to sprain your ankle. What is the difference? Uh, so it's actually a big difference. It has to do with the ligaments that are involved and the mechanism of the injury, whether it be just a straight roll of the ankle or if there's a rotation component to it. Okay. So it, it is a big difference uh, physiologically. It's always been there. Um, with the advancement of technology in the world of MRIs and imaging studies and things like that, we've been more uh, able to recognize them much more so than before. Um, and with the advent of turf and some of the playing surfaces, it kind of predisposes to that injury occurring more. But the, the injury itself has been there forever. The downside to that injury is that it takes a lot longer to heal from those. The recovery is a lot more difficult. And you got to really treat them a little bit more conservatively than you would a traditional ankle sprain. Right. Um, got so many questions I want to ask. Uh, you mentioned turf. You'll see an athlete, and again, we'll pick football. You'll see an athlete, and you know, Saquon's he got, you know, bodies and legs tangled up. You know, that that wasn't, you know, like he made a cut. Uh, same thing with Nick Chubb the other night on Monday night football. You know, th that wasn't um, you know, a cut, but you'll see one athlete open field, um, you know, make a jump cut, you know, that kid from uh, Atlanta Falcons, I can't think of his name right now. He made like six jump cuts on his way to a touchdown. And then you'll see, here's another athlete, professional athlete, goes to make one cut and boom, the ankle goes or the knee goes. Um, is that just, he's predisposed to that injury? Um, and again, everything's is unique. You know, you can't treat it. Uh, uh, in isolation, but it just, it looks to be the same. Obviously at the NFL level, they are doing things in the, in the weight room with strength and conditioning and flexibility and agility. Uh, and still sometimes these injuries occur. Is it, can we a hundred percent blame artificial turf? Um, uh, or, or are there other things out there? I, I know I painted you into a corner. <laughs> well, so the, let me just, segue this with that you know the turf battle the turf first grass battle has been going on for a very long time um long before i ever got into the profession you know the astroturf that we know of the traditional one started in like the 70s oh yeah and i played and on that <laughs> oh, oh god yeah i have too and it's horrendous i mean you want to talk about possibly getting injured i mean just walk across that stuff um terrible 
so the advent of the new stuff is actually way better than it used to be. Uh, you know, carries with it its own issues, of course, and risks, but it's better than it ever was. But I, I, I hate kind of pointing the finger directly at the turf. It's multifactorial. There are a lot of things that go into it. Every time we see a high-level guy go down with a non-contact injury to the knee or ankle, they're always quick to blame the turf because the turf doesn't talk back. Turf can't answer, can't explain what happened. So it's an easy target. But there's a lot of other factors that go into it. Part of it is, you know, some athletes are predisposed for whatever genetic reason. We don't really know or have an answer as to why or who or when or what. But a lot of things that I've noticed over the years that have changed have been more along the lines of conditioning, training, preseason competitions and participation has drastically changed uh, even since I was a youth. Um, when it comes to football specifically. And I think that actually probably plays more of a role than just the AstroTurf or the field turf alone. There is just too many other factors to kind of pinpoint one. But, you know, I, I always say, listen, look at the big difference in preseason, the number of games, the practices. No longer are we doing two-a-days. We're barely wearing equipment and doing full contact practice anymore. I mean, all that stuff probably factors in even more. Well, and... Um... This factor, and I'll, I'll end on this, uh, talking about Aaron Rodgers, guy's almost 40 years old. And, uh, yeah, he's a pro, but, hey, he's a 40-year-old pro. Uh, you know, maybe that had a little bit something to do with it. Okay? Just a little. We, we like to think, for some reason, the 40 these days is the new 20, but in athletics, it really isn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brian, this has been really cool. I wish we had a lot more time, uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now you're not an athletic director, but you took some courses and you certainly I, I've know worked your, with plenty of them too. I've worked with plenty of them. You certainly know your way around the <laughs> world of athletics. And you, that's true. You've worked with a lot of athletic directors. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD, but I'm only going to let you put three things in that toolbox. So uh, let's take that final break with athletic surveys who sponsor this segment and then we're going to find out what Brian Maele is going to put in his new athletic director toolbox. We will want, we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring this segment. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that will allow you to um, take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys will connect you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program, which is a very valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or your student athletes. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to help you create that custom survey that'll connect you to those parents and student-athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Make sure you check them out after the podcast. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We have been visiting today with Brian Maielli. He is a physician assistant. He's an athletic trainer. He's a uh, podcast host. He's an injury expert. Uh, but right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So, Brian, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Okay, so so certainly communication. I mean, that was number one um, off off my list, and um, I I've been lucky to work alongside of several. Uh, one in undergrad who was amazing, and one at my collegiate job that I had right out of grad school who was amazing. Could not even tell you who the athletic director was in grad school. And that's because zero communication whatsoever. And when I say communication, I mean across the board, not just with the uh, boosters and the administration, but, you know, right down to the janitor who cleans the basketball court every night. Like, as an AD, you need to know everybody. Everybody needs to know you. They need to feel comfortable with you, be able to approach you talk with you about not just athletics, but anything. And uh, I had two ADs who were amazing at that, sociable, down-to-earth people. Um, they would invite people to their house. They would, you know, um, talk to them about anything and everything, and they were great. And so that's number one. Um, number two, 
technology. Embrace technology. It's not going anywhere. It's here to stay. And it can become a very vital part of your job and your athletic department. So embrace any apps, uh, any software, any hardware that can enhance your program, enhance the experience of your athletes and your staff. Don't skimp on it because it's it's a big thing now in athletics when you have all these analytics and all this other stuff. So technology is huge. Embrace it. Go with it. Um, don't skimp on it. <laughs> um, but, you know, be careful of budgeting because that's very important too. Um, and the third one, oh man, uh, have fun. Like, it's a great job. When you can call your office every day, the gym or the locker room or the field or the stadium, um, the court, uh, you know, I mean, that's like ideal. Who wouldn't want to do that? You're not trapped in an office per se all the time, even though that is part of the job. Um, there will be days like that, you know, uh, but you have the opportunity to get out there, do a bunch of different things and and see a lot of cool, be part of a lot of cool experiences, successes. Um, you get to meet a lot of great athletes and coaches and staff coming through your organization. Embrace it, have fun with it, develop relationships and um, you ride it, ride it for as long as you can. I love it. I can certainly attest to the uh, the fun part. Uh, I know there were many times during my career, I'd say, boy, they're paying me to do this. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and again, love the technology shout out, love the communication shout out. Speaking of communication, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and connect with you, uh, become a follower of your podcast, or just pick your brain on injuries, what's the best way they can get a hold of you and, and definitely give out the podcast again? Yeah, so it's the Injured List Podcast. You can find me on all of the major podcast platforms. Uh, I'm most active on Twitter, at Injured List Pod. I also have my own website, theinjuredlist.com. I do a weekly blog called Inside the Medical Tent with one of my colleagues from Fantasy Sports Corps, where we kind of delve a little bit deeper into a lot of the athletes that are injured during the football season. And so if you're into fantasy sports and you're looking for some advice, uh, my partner who does that blog with me will give you some advice after I break down the injury for you. So check that out. It's a really popular blog we do on a weekly basis. And you can find that on my website, theinjurelist.com. And then um, my consulting business, ilpsports.com. If you are an athlete, if you have an injury that you're dealing with, if you know someone who's an athlete that's injured or maybe needs some help with something uh, in that world, um, reach out to me. I've got a lot of different options. I'm willing to work with anybody and everybody, regardless of budget. Um, we'll figure it out and we'll get to work and get you back on the field as good as new. Uh, you can hit me up on ilpsports.com. All right. Brian Maelli, thanks so much for joining us today on the Educational AD Podcast and all the best moving forward. Thank you very much, uh, Jake. Glad to be here. Oh, it was great. Really enjoyed it. For listeners, uh, of course, we appreciate you listening to us, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Um, thanks again for listening. Come back next week for another great interview, and just about every day for new content on the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time.